the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Yeah. Who would have thought that the Ohio State-Michigan game is in jeopardy? Who would have thought that? Who would have thought the Detroit Lions could rally from a double-figure <laughs> deficit? crazy, man. Maybe they were auditioning for you. I don't know. And who would have thought, that while we're playing this game, that the Jets would be in an all-out blitz with five oh, seconds to goodness. go? Well, I mean, if you knew Greg Williams was their defensive I mean, coordinator, you'd know that. He invented he invented football, so I yeah, shouldn't question he that. He did. But that's insanity. I saw a uh, stat on NFL Network last night that they are the first team all season to rush eight in a situation like that. That's crazy. It's a, it, that's, to me, that's a fireable offense. But No buts. It was a fireable offense. Greg Williams, out. Bye-bye. I wasn't surprised. Um, I think Greg's a very – I do. I think he's a really smart guy. And as far as football goes, X's and O's. But all guys are are smart at that level that coach in the NFL. Of course. I think the most important thing um, that I've learned in kind of observing and being in TV, I don't know if you know this or not, but – how have I grown as a person? And this is a little bit about what this podcast has mm-hmm. always been about. You know, we're pointing out our weaknesses and where can we grow and how do we grow. And you and I have certainly, I think, been very uh, forthcoming with all those. Tried to be. Yeah. And for me, I, I'm so much a better listener at mm-hmm. my age now than I was at 30. Where Very I, true. I, I just listen. And I don't think I have the all the answers anymore. Like all, you know... I don't want to say cocky, but confident guys and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that feel that feeling of invincibility. Don't you tell me. I know what I'm doing. You know, I think that uh, some of uh, my experiences in life and just um, biblically speaking, being, you know, it's slow to speak, quick to listen. Yeah. And uh, in fact, I took it to the point where I actually have a guy that reviews my broadcast every single week and, and writes me a po- uh, report. And what I do with that is there's a lot of things in there that I say, he's got a great point. There's a lot of things in there. Well, I disagree with that. And it's just, but it's just listening to it and processing and thinking about it and using it to my advantage of, well, this could make me better. And there's so many things, uh, especially in the uh, broadcast world that I've learned that have helped me become better. And yeah. there's a couple simple things if you're interested tell why something worked as opposed to why it didn't work it's a little bit more uh what you're selling you know it just makes sense it does i mean all feedback is relevant it is it's relevant you can think about it and you can choose to discard it or not but i mean you at least you can't just discard it out of hand Right. I wonder if Greg Williams, and we buried the lead here because Ohio oh, State. Yeah. No, it's okay. No, it's fine. He got fired, and we talked about it on the podcast the other day. We'll get to the Ohio State-Michigan cancellation and our fixes and what the Big Ten ought to do. I do wonder with him if he has been uh, on, an, on a mission to exact revenge, prove something, whatever, since Bounty Gate. If that took him, you know, you're at a, you're at a, place in your life career where you either go one way you change you learn you adapt you maybe become a different person or you become more of the person you already are looks like he's gone that direction i think he's you know he's he has a philosophy and he's gonna ride or die with it and he's you know he's gotten jobs and who knows he'll probably get another job i just don't see greg as being a Position coach. I think the only thing he settles for oh, yeah. is, is yeah. a coordinator. And if you hire me as a coordinator, here are my rules, which is fine. I mean, that yep. works for some people, you know. And I do believe um, that Adam Gase probably should have called that timeout and say no. Because Let's yeah, make I saw, sure I we actually, know what we're doing here. I now. actually saw on Twitter where Greg and, you know, players and coaches sign autographs during training camp. He was signing an autograph. And, this, and somebody had a video of this, Bruce. They said, um, what's your favorite defense? As he's walking through his fan base signing autographs. And he goes, all out, zero blitz. Every team has an all out, zero blitz. And that's it. You know, he said, in the, in the commentator, you know, snarky or funny yeah. or clever Twitter can get, said, uh, well, he told us it was coming. Yeah, so. he did. That's right. He sure did. 
Uh, we've told you the Ohio State-Michigan game is coming. It's a date on the calendar everybody looks forward to all year. It's typically the last Saturday in November. It used to be the uh, last. It used to be the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter when it's played. It's special, and it was supposed to be played this Saturday, and it's not going to be played this Saturday. But it might be played the following Saturday, I guess. You never know. The Big Ten would be silly not to exhaust all avenues. The thing I said yesterday when you and I chatted, thank you for coming on the show on The Answer. Um, 98.9, 5 to 7. show. Thank you very much. Appreciate the marketing. Um, <laughs> That's all I do. Give, give, give. Is there's no reason to be locked into any arbitrary decisions that you made in October. Uh, a six-game regular season standard. We're going to play the Big Ten title game west and east on December the 19th. There's no reason to be locked into that. It's it's fine to make adjustments because the teams have had to adjust all season, sure. week by week, day by day. It's fine for the conference to make adjustments. So I, I put an acronym to my thoughts on 2020 on how everybody uh, should react. So... Um, I, and the acronym is um, recognize, acknowledge, and respond. Mm-hmm. And and what's the best response that you can have? And because of the fluid situation, there's no other way to describe it. Every season is fluid. And by the way, with all the stuff that's going on, and whether we like how they did it or didn't do it, I commend everybody that is trying to keep things as normal as possible during a very abnormal time. Mm-hmm. And Congratulations to the OHSAA on what they were able to pull off with the high school football and the NFL. I mean, the NFL, what they're doing is just remarkable to me in the concessions that they're making. And But that's an example of two groups that, you know, are natural. They're together, but there's natural rivalry between owners and players and management and all that stuff, right? The, the players... And the owners got together, and the owners and players came up to agreement, okay, this is the best way we can do it, and we all have to sacrifice something to get this season in. And uh, a lot of it is, you know, you can rip Roger Goodell as much as you want, but to me, uh, his leadership has kind of led the way on this. And it's it's really been fun, and I just can't believe I'm going into week 14 still being able to call an NFL game. And it's it's a credit to a lot of people. But for the Ohio State-Michigan game, the adjustment, why not? It's it's something that is tradition. It's something that's been happening for a long time. It gives Ohio State the sixth game. And it keeps something alive where, you know, for the first time, I think you were telling me last night on your show, this would be the first time they haven't played in how many years? 103. 103. No, 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 wrong, wrong. Yeah, 103, 1917. 103 years. yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, this is a this is a chance to kind of, in a small way, I get it. It's sports, all that, but, but kind of punch COVID. I don't want to interrupt your music. I don't know what's going on? What here? You? <laughs> Try to look up the free press uh, site. Won't load on my laptop. Without, what are you looking for in the free press? Uh, Ward Manuel. Ward Manuel. See Ward Manuel, the AD of Michigan. I want to see yeah. if he's apologizing to Herbie. But the, you don't believe that, do you? No. That, I mean, her, that he should apologize to Herbie? No, I think Herbie got caught up in the rivalry. Which Herbie we, got caught up in the rivalry. His his Ohio State card doesn't come out very often. Not even every year. Not even once a year. Yeah. But it came out there. The tap out thing, that's what set Michigan right. off. And I can understand why that would set Michigan off. Because just put yourself as sure. Jim Harbaugh or Ward Manuel or whoever. I, I talked to a, a coach about that situation, he told me that he would challenge a guy to a fight, challenge Herbie to a fight if he said that about his team. Well, here's the thing. Because it offends calling them cowards. I know, but it does offend you more if there's an element of truth to it. I, look, I you guys, you're, you guys are skeptical. I understand that. I'm skeptical I, I, I'm that just, they were at least not thinking it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Look. They're talking to Harbaugh, the contract thing. He's got one year left. I was wrong. No, that, you, yeah, you were right on your show last night. I was night. right on my show last night that he does have one year left. It's just that nobody ever lets a coach go into the final year of his contract. So basically, if you have a seven-year deal, year six is the year you have to get Tell him why, Bruce. an extension. Because you're just crushed in recruiting. You can't. You have no 
you're, you're you can't make any promises with anyone to recruit. Well, sure, I'll be back. Don't worry, everything will be fine. The truth is, if you go into the last year of your contract, the last last year, you're coaching for your job, yeah. and everybody knows it, and no recruit's going to cast his lot yeah. with you. And they're already not recruiting well. Well, since so you know early recruiting or early signing dates coming up in December sixteenth. Yeah, I mean you're all over that. I I don't follow recruiting like next you Wednesday. do. Next Wednesday, next <laughs> Wednesday, oh, I'm all over the recruiting. I'm sure in your many jobs at the Press Pros Magazine yes. will have an article on recruiting. And, oh, and I have that. one on the Ohio State win over Notre Dame last night. Do you? you want to go read it? Yeah, I was up a little. I till, usually read your stuff till midnight last night reading it, but uh, but that's why. So Harbaugh. Andy's supposed to make $8 million next year. So there are a couple levels to this. Number one, you never let a guy go into the last year. Number two, he's not an $8 million coach at this point. He's not. No. And um, so they have to have some clarity on him. And let's just face it. His chances of getting a three-year extension to go with the year he has left. So he's got four, four years. years, so he can tell any recruit, yeah. look, I'm signed for four years. I'm signed for the whole time you'll be here. His chances of getting that are better if he doesn't play Ohio State than if he plays Ohio State and either just loses, period, and goes to 0-6 or gets pounded by 30, yeah. which is the spread, 30, or worse. Mm-hmm. Got beat which by twenty nine last year, which is possible, which and, is very possible. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State wasn't motivated to do that. I mean, that's that's the sport, though. That's Ohio that's State's big got league playoff sports. arguments to make. They they need to when they play yeah. a team they should dominate. They need to dominate them. Yeah, regardless of who it is and the respect you have for the rivalry and whatever else. So, so here's what they could do: Big Ten. I suppose they could. They could put Ohio State against Northwestern this week. Well, you said Illinois is playing Northwestern. Would well, they are supposed to. But here, I'm just saying here's yeah. what they could do. Didn't the ACC do something like this? The ACC took a game off, I think, Clemson's schedule. Yeah. and So that Notre Dame, Clemson, and Miami would all play the same number of games. So they'd have a comparable, but they've all, they'll all play 10 regular season games. It's almost like a video, a reality virtual video yeah. I don't like that matchup. Let's put this one yeah. together. <laughs> so the thing with Ohio State and Northwestern playing this week is you can't really play that in Indianapolis, can you? I mean, they've got – I'm sure the Dome is booked. I don't know. Lucas Oil is probably booked. Okay. I, I don't know. They played a Sunday night game or Sunday uh, afternoon game in Arizona then turned around and did a Monday, <laughs> Monday night, night game, game in Arizona. Yeah. I, everything's possible. But let's say they play Ohio State Northwestern this week right. somewhere. Well, you could play Northwestern and Illinois next week. Yeah. There's no reason. That's a rivalry game. There's no reason why. Like next week, Illinois, let's say they're f- fourth in the West. I don't know where they are. They're supposed to play the fourth team in the East. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't have to play that. No. They could play all rules whoever they out. want. All rules are out. Ohio State, they could just try to get them a game this weekend. You just try to get them a game. Get them a game to meet the six-game standard, which is arbitrary, but they could try that. Purdue and Indiana have – Purdue has COVID issues. They haven't called the Purdue-Indiana game off, but they have COVID issues. I don't think Purdue – I don't think Indiana and Ohio State need to play again. That's not fair to Ohio State. They've already played them and beat them. Plus, Indiana doesn't have Michael Penix. I don't think Indiana wants any. I don't think Indiana wants that either. They they held their own against Ohio State and was a good showing. They made a nice comeback in the second half. Still in the top ten. Yeah, they're in place for a nice bowl. They don't want to play Ohio State. But you could put another team with Indiana. Let's say Maryland and Rutgers. I have not looked at Indiana's schedule. I don't recall them playing Rutgers. Maybe they did, but you could take. You could just you could move it around to free up a team that hasn't played Ohio State to play Ohio State. Right. You know, Maryland would but be the Maryland would be the one. I wonder what if like, you can. I mean, is there any volunteers? <laughs> like, I don't know if I'd want to. If you're a coach, think about it. And you're yeah, I don't know. Uh, Iowa and Wisconsin are scheduled to play, so you know, Iowa Ohio State be an attractive game. Yeah, but that's a rivalry game. That's the. That's the bronze pig game. Can't not play the Floyd of Rosedale game. Almost as big as the Paul Bunyan Axe game. And the Illabuck. <laughs> so, yeah. So Oaken Bucket. Okay, so that's what they could do. They could move a team around to play Ohio State. 
But the most sensible thing is Ohio State's already proven they're better than Indiana. Right. Northwestern's already run the West. The Big Ten athletic directors meet today, and they just say, look, Ohio State can't play because of Michigan. So who cares if they played six regular season games? Just let them play in the Big Ten title game against Northwestern next week. It benefits the Big Ten for Ohio State to get to the playoff because, you know, they want to be well represented. And, you know, it's just been such a crazy year that you almost have to say, look, everybody knows Ohio State's our best shot. Just find a way to get them into the playoff. Find a way to get them another six game. Just find a way to get them into the playoff. Uh, I believe that. I, I don't know if you do, but I think if you're having an honest conversation in that AD room, in which Barry Alvarez basically has come out and said exactly what I just yeah, said exactly. without saying it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Madeline is not happy. First of all, she says good morning, and then she says them not playing really sucks. Now, our boy Brett, our longtime friend Brett, yeah. he's he's on top of this. He says. So OSU loses a Michigan game at home this year. That means OSU has to travel to Ann Arbor next year. Michigan gets two straight at home. I think we need to petition the Big Ten that since scum was the one that canceled, OSU gets the 20 and 22 Uh, games at the shoe. And he's putting it on me to get that rolling. Uh, Well, I mean, does Maryland want to sue Ohio State? Because the Ohio State-Maryland game was canceled because of Ohio State COVID issues. Correct. No, no, that was Maryland COVID issues. Ohio State-Illinois was canceled because of Ohio State issues. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Everybody's got some COVID issues. Yeah. Now, actually, no. I looked this up yesterday, and uh, Nick Hauser says Indiana has COVID issues of its own. Well, Nick, we all know Indiana has multiple <laughs> issues. So don't what wait. they don't have is they do have great basketball warm-ups. Yeah. How they I'll leave do, that, how they I'll leave leave that lay. I don't know. I haven't looked at them yet. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like to stress myself out in Are you advance. covering uh, OSU hoops? I am, yes. You're all excited about that, aren't you? I am. Last night, I would have been at Notre Dame, but... They gave Ohio State's media only two credentials. <laughs> so the dispatch gets one so that their 2 p.m. deadline, I don't know what good that does except getting them there for online coverage. 2 p.m. Two p.m. They have a 2 p.m. deadline. Like, their sports stuff for Wednesday's paper has to be in at 2 p.m. Tuesday. Really? Yeah. And then the other person who had a credential wasn't there last night. Took your credential. <laughs> You would have been there. I would have been there. It's not that far of a drive. I drove on my way to Chicago last week. I drove to Indiana. But at any rate, uh, they they had a nice win. We'll get to that. But back to Ohio State. Look, who cares if they play six regular season games? They don't. It doesn't matter. And Ward Manuel, the Michigan athletic director, there you go, says, I don't believe that anybody, Ohio State or any other team, should just be punished by decisions we made, looking at eight games and saying we got to play six not knowing the effects of what happened to them or their team. So I'd be open, and I think the conference would be open, yeah. to having a discussion about whether or not we will make adjustments, whether or not schedules will be adjusted to get Ohio State to play enough games with six or play in the championship game of five. Ward Manuel speaks. It can't be that hard. Speaks truth. No, it can't be that hard. Except you have to get the glacial Big Ten to think <laughs> on the fly. That's a great adjective, by the way. Yeah, they're just like, you know... <laughs> Slow. Oh, I mean, we have to change something. Yeah, wait a minute. We just, yeah, you know, we're not going to be like the SEC no. or the ACC. Ward Manual goes on. He says we made decisions months ago. Uh, why did it move on me? Yeah. Now about six out of eight games, not knowing where this pandemic exactly. would take us. We were hoping to play all eight. Uh. But we've adjusted. We've changed. I don't think we should just hunker down and say, well, we said six, so that's going to be it. Well, that's kind of their way, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The conversation deserves to happen. This is un- this is an unprecedented time for everybody, and we need to make sure we're flexible, another thing the Big Ten's not very good at, and move to make decisions based on the data we have. Recognize, acknowledge, respond. Just... And, and by the way, I, I, and you know who we should thank for all this? Because China? They, no. Not that. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that, I'm not. They sent about, the virus. Here. I'm not talking about that anymore. We're, we're, <laughs> we should thank the University of Nebraska. Yes, for being at the forefront for the Big Ten to uh, actually move their glacier just yeah. a tad enough to get whatever amount of games in. And and I'm, we appreciated it so much, we gave them the toughest schedule of the Big Ten. <laughs> I, I know. Shut up over there, Nebraska! Don't tell yeah. us how to do our business. Yeah. I. 
they it almost did seem like they were being punished. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but Big I mean, time. hey, how would you like to open at Ohio State? Yeah. You know, but still, I mean, I, I just think you know their passion and that kind of got everybody else rolling and on the run. And so, you know, I I I'm, I appreciate. It. I talked to Kevin Kugler because Kevin went to Nebraska mm-hmm. Lincoln, which is I think the formal name of it, and uh, Kevin lives in Omaha. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that. I said there wouldn't be Big Ten football without Nebraska nope. pushing the envelope. Nope. Wouldn't you agree? Then everybody agree. else got behind it. So yeah, there were people I remember doing questions from people like Ohio State should sue Ohio State, and I said they're a loyal member of the league. They're not. I remember do that, that conversation. They're not going to do that. And it's you, not and, in their nature. And we needed the Big Ten or football fans, college football fans, Ohio State, needed somebody like a Nebraska to step up yep. and be the voice and take the shot, and they did. And I'm so happy that they did because I do believe, although it's not an ideal year, there's not one college football player that's at, not grateful for at least getting some experience of playing this year. Yep. And, it's, and it's important to me. So thank you, Nebraska, for doing it and stepping up. Uh, Ward Manuel said yesterday that he, okay, and, I can't wait to read this he one. and Harbaugh will sit down after the season. Mm-hmm to discuss an extension. Uh, My guess is that's going to happen this weekend. I just think they have to make an announcement before Wednesday signing day. December 18th? Or right? 16th. 16th, 16th, Okay. So a week from today? Is today the 13th? Today? No, no, today is the... Whatever, uh, yeah. There's my Ohio uh, State math degree. Today's the 9th. So that's what I think will happen. You know, I think they'll... He has to. Look, they can make an announcement that he has a three-year extension, and three weeks later he can change his mind, and they can change their mind. Now, the one thing I don't believe, uh, somebody yesterday, and here's the tough part about being a reporter, is when you're told by someone who would know that five NFL teams have approached Jim Harbaugh, Mm. That's a good nugget, and you trust the person, and you know that they would know, and so you have to balance. Am I being played here, or is this really genuine information? I don't believe. I can believe that the reporter was told that without believing that five NFL teams have really have an interest in Jim Harbaugh as a head coach. It depends on who told him that. Like where'd he get? What's I don't yeah, know. I mean, make, here's how it could go if it's done for agenda reasons to make Harbaugh look better because his record forty nine and twenty two is fine. If if the forty nine included two or three wins over Ohio State, it's a different forty nine and twenty two than mm-hmm. zero and six against Ohio State, zero and five against Ohio State, and three and three against Michigan State. Um. The person is, you know, telling the the reporter that because he's trying to help Harbaugh, or Harbaugh's told the guy that, and then Harbaugh, well, you know, I I, I got to take him at his word. The, you know, I I think there's there's a big difference in there's an interest in a lot of guys, and obviously, if there's an NFL opening, you know, you do your due diligence on Jim Harbaugh. You just don't look at his record at Michigan. You look at Okay, what he did at Stanford, what he did at University of San Diego, what he did with the San Francisco 49ers, then that's how you make your determination. Oh, yeah, there's an interest there. So yeah. that, but, you know, it might be just, well, he's one of 20 guys that we're right. interested in, right? Right. right. I mean, he, maybe the Bears have interest in it. No, he's I know. A former no, Bear. I know who uh, the Bears, I think I know, because when in Chicago, this is all over the place. Okay. Uh, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, I think, will be the next coach of the Chicago Bears. Wow. At least that's everybody saying that out of Chicago. I think he would be a pretty good head coach in the really? NFL. Okay. Because he has the qualities of uh, he's he's an outstanding leader in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I've watched a guy work and talk to him and I just think it's such a good fit for the Bears. Um it's so different than what they've had, you know, and and you know, Pat's, I don't know if you ever follow him on Twitter or watch him, or you know a little bit about him. Yeah, I, you, I think you covered him. Yep. He's Chicago through and through. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. dying. Yeah. You know, he loves everything about Chicago. So that would probably be, I would think that would be his dream job. I think he had a shot at the Packers last year. He was either 
runner-up or uh, lost out to Matt LaFleur, or mm. when, when that job was open, yeah. by the way, two years ago. Well, that's uh, that's a pretty good job, too. I don't know if a Bears guy would want the Packers job. But but uh, I think Pat's so Chicago. Yep. You know, we, you and I have all, when in our two men in the basement consulting firm, mm-hmm. every time there's a coaching change, one of the things we always ask, the first thing if we're talking on air or off the air, does it make sense? Is it a fit? Could you see it happen in your mind's eye? Can yep. you see a guy you walk up to the podium? You actually, uh, I, I didn't really buy into that, but I remember when Brady Hoke got the job. No, not Brady, Rich. Mm-hmm. Rich Rod. Rich Rodriguez got the job, who I love Rich. He's a great guy and worked with him and talked to him. And But I remember you saying, and you were adamant about this, and I didn't think much about it until it actually came to fruition. That Chris, that's not that's not that's not going to work. It's not a fit. It just doesn't fit. It just doesn't make sense. And there, and I've come to believe that there is a certain fit that you have to have, where a coach and everybody within the university, athletic director, president, players, assistant coaches, trainers, everybody's got to be aligned philosophically and rowing in the same direction. And I'm not sure that was the case when Rich was up at Michigan. Yeah, it was not. And they have not been the same since. They were not the same in the latter years of Lloyd Carr, and they have not been the same since. And I mean, I don't know yeah. why the Harbaugh thing hasn't worked. I, I'd have to be. In, I'd have to be inside the program to understand that we, because he does fit. That's yes. that's the oddity of it is yeah. that he's the perfect fit. It, he is. I mean, you can't draw a better Michigan coach nope. than Jim. But the only th- you're right i don't nobody knows exactly why them some things don't work some does but i think you know you can look at one point and this is maybe my own theories or personal belief but when you the quarterback position in football in college and the nfl it's everything it's it is it's everything and if you can't find that guy you're never going to get over the top you can't get the step 2 and that's why what's amazing to me is, you know, Urban Urban's ability to identify quarterbacks that he wants, whether it goes back to uh, Josh, uh, the kid at Bowling Green. Josh you, Harris. Josh Harris at Bowling Green. Yeah. He fit what he wanted to do. Goes back to Alex Smith yep. at Utah. Yep. Uh, Tebow at Florida. Whether you liked it. And he had Cam Newton at Florida with Tebow, by the way, yes, before, <laughs> before there were some issues with computer communications allegedly reportedly (laughs) and then the then he hit the trifecta with braxton and jt barrett and uh cardale cardale yeah yeah uh all right nick wants to know if chris was the gm of the lions who would he hire for that job i assume he means the head coaching job of the lions would you hire i don't know who would hire but i would look at a number of guys and um you got to find a fit. You got to find with for an well, NFL I mean, job. For an NFL job, it's it's not the same as a college job no. in terms of fitting a college culture. Where did the coach go to school? All this stuff. You're looking for in the NFL. You're looking for relationships between everybody in the organization. Or what are you looking for? What should an NFL leader. GM look for? A head coach. Your first thing you look for is a leader. Every in might. This is just. You know, and I've talked to Rick about this uh, over the years. Mm-hmm. I remember and Rick said he talked to Army generals so about here, Well, let's talk about what their theory is. Not their theory, but their line of belief and thinking is that they identify leaders by somebody that's good at everything and uh, might not be an expert in demolition, but he's good at demolition. Might not be an expert sharpshooter, but he's good at it. Then he surrounds that leader will not be afraid to hire anybody that's a possible threat or not be afraid to hire experts around him and motivate them to do their job for one common core, one common goal. And that's how they identify leaders. And they also identify leaders in a sense that, you know, your, your character and your leadership truly shows when everything's falling apart and what's your response going to be to that. Uh, if you want to talk about fits, uh, you know, I, I don't know, what Sheila Hemp Ford is looking for? She's the owner of the Lions. Yes, okay. um, I don't know what she's looking for. Um, but is there any truth to the fact that if you have a defensive guy, you have to go offensive guy? Ah, uh, no, not not in my that mind. That often happens. 
It, it does, but it depends. And, and you know what? Here's the thing. I don't think there's, I mean, I'm not saying that's right or wrong uh, because that has worked and does work, but it's, it's, what do you want? What are you coming off of? What are you, what are you looking for? And for me, that head coach has to be the dude. He has to be the dude and, and, and he has to create the energy. He has to do uh, everything and be that pulse of that, that team. Now, it might not be visible to you or to me or watching on Sunday, but you, when you walk into that room or you go out to that practice field, you know who's in charge. And you, you know, know the players know. And I'll give you a perfect example of a guy that will get a second chance that I think will do a good job if he gets a second chance is uh, Todd Bowles. Yeah. down at Todd is down at uh, Tampa now, I think, with Bruce. But, you know, he got caught up in the Jets, and the Jets have troubles. Yeah. Like the Bengals are having some like issues now. Like the Bengals now. are having some trouble. We'll get to those uh, Bengals in a moment. I wanted to know if that NFL thing has changed because I want to be honest. When the Browns said they were going to hire Kevin Stefanski and then hire the GM, I thought, well, you got that bass backwards, you know. But it used to be the GM was the big dog, and everything else had to fall in line under the GM. You know, Rick has to have his guy and. Have to John work. Dorsey has to have his right. guy. Whatever. Well, now that's now the league seems like it's gone toward the head coach and the GM falls under what the head coach wants. So and then like I don't think of Stefanski as the dude. I don't think of Matt Lafleur as the dude. Go out dude. to that practice one time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's man. the insight you bring. I. Yeah. I he's, well, you go out to the practice or or you you sit there. The beauty of being working at TV, you get a little bit behind the scenes. You don't get everything, but you get a little bit. Then when you hear. How players players want consistency, and in my opinion, this day and age player, right? You you can't dog cuss a player today. Just can't. That's yeah. our, that's not this generation. That generation probably died with me when that was the last time that was all out there, right? Yeah, it's just a different way. No, because of social media, everybody is so protective of quote unquote their brand, myself included. You know, you don't. You don't want to uh, be berated or look disrespected. I mean, that's just not something how it's done. And so it's important to identify each individual player, what he responds to, and it's the coach's job to figure that out, to get the most out of the player. But when you look at Kevin, like Kevin, he's like, the, uh, well, people that are listening won't be, but he, he never wavers. He's not, a, he's not a ro roller coaster. Flatline implies maybe he's not exciting. Would you say he's consistent? Well, you I've talked about consistency. If you're going to be like Mr. Energy running up and down the sidelines, yeah. People can players will respond to that as long as it's every single all the day. Time. Yeah. You can't pick and choose your identity as a coach because players shut you off cuz they don't know who you are. Yeah. They just got to know who you are, then they'll respond to that. Yeah. Um so you know, but but I knew Kevin was a fit. I think I said it on the air. Well, you did. You yeah. were all about it. Yeah, you were all about it. You said and, he was ready and he'd do a good job. And the coach and the general manager, you know, somebody has to be in a room on on a roster and somebody has to say, uh, this is our 53. And the coach, and, and nine times out of a thousand, <laughs> they might disagree. But somebody has to be in a room saying, I have the authority to do this. I think this is the best way forward. Is that that big of a deal, though? Cause it, aren't no, the, aren't because aren't the arguments free agents, basically. Yes. I mean, aren't the arguments about the guys in the 52nd and the 53rd spot, you're usually not arguing about who the starting quarterback is. Right. Right. No, I no, but see, I don't see, I don't believe the GM has, I mean, he can make suggestions on who plays, but that's a coach's decision. It's his team. That's the coach's team on game day. That's the coach's team on a practice field. That's the coach's team in the meeting room. Yeah. And and the the perfect marriage is when those two guys put their egos aside and the GM says to the coach, all right, what's our Denny? What offense? What defense? What type of player you want? What's going to fit into your systems? Psychologically, culture-wise, what guy do we want? And the coach will tell them. And it's Jim's job to go get the coach, the best possible guy that the coach wants. And I also, and I also think like assistant coaches should be involved in the evaluation process, not in a deci decision process, but be involved in the evaluation process. And so, you know, it really is a collaborative team effort. 
And if it's not, and if it's two separate areas, uh, it, it'll eventually fall. Together you uh, stand, divided you fall, in unity there is strength. And there's no greater example of that than in an NFL headquarters, in my opinion. All right. Uh, we will draw four names right now for COVID-19 relief. We mentioned that today is the 9th of December, means next Wednesday is the 16th. And if next Wednesday I'm talking to you about auiinfo.com, it won't do you nearly as much good then as it'll do you right now because you have uh, a week left in open enrollment to find the perfect health insurance for you. Whether you're an employer trying to recruit great employees and provide for the people who make your business run, or whether you're an individual, maybe an independent contractor like a lawyer, a plumber, a consultant, a caterer, something like that, you have many health care options. You might think you're stuck with just Obamacare because you're single person in business, but nope, you have many options. A group of one is what it's called. AUI told me about that, and AUI can tell you about it when you go to their site, auiinfo.com. They're a health insurance brokerage. Zoom call, phone call, in-person meeting, they can do it all. Very convenient. The expertise is invaluable, but you get it free because AUI is paid by the insurance companies, and they're not incentivized to bring you one firm over another. They'll fit you with the best Healthcare is a weird field. The health insurance companies all count on you needing help, and so the cost of a consultant is built into the policy. You're already paying for it, so you better use it. AUIinfo.com, AUIinfo.com. All right, our winners today, uh, George wins for Rob. Katie wins for Emily. Joshua wins for Nancy. And... Kevin wins for Ashley. So we had nominees coming from April 11th, November 21st, and November the 18th, and October. So there you go. Your name stays in the hat until we draw it. So that's how that goes. Uh, This time of year is where you're sending out corporate gifts, Christmas gifts, thinking of people across the country. Everybody's buying their Christmas gifts online this year. A lot of people are. Rather than make Jeff Bezos richer, why don't you help somebody in an impoverished country by buying your coffee from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters? We are coming, I just counted, um, we are coming to the end of our 40 weeks. Okay. Our journey. When is it, next week? Yeah, next week will be the uh, Great. So you got one week. more week to get a nomination in. Yep. And, yeah, so please do it. Yep. And uh, on that, I got to tell you, some of the emails and stories we hear, it's I, I'm going to speak for Bruce here. I will take the liberty because I know this man pretty well. It has been such a privilege for us and a blessing for us to be in a position to uh, do this. And it was, this is really cool. It was God-inspired, and that's how we came up with 40, the amount of money that we raised in the 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. And the responses and just the appreciation, which it's not it's not mine or ours to keep, it's ours to give away when God provides. Uh, see, open your eyes and see where you can be the hands and feet type thing of God. And so it's just, as we round down, wind down on this, it's just been uh, a remarkable 40 weeks for you and I to do this and humbling and rewarding and not in a rewarding way where you pat yourself on the back and say, good job. A rewarding way in saying that, man, I was able to do something that God provided me to do to, to be and reflect him not only in our words, which you also hear in this show, but more importantly, in uh, how we acted and how we uh, have been able, in a small way, I get it, $250 isn't hitting the lottery, but it's something, hopefully, that provided some relief for somebody. Well, here's confirmation of that. Email to SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com, and that's how you send in a nomination. This one comes from... Um, I, I'm not going to use the name because I'm not sure if I should, but says, 
Uh, I'm thanking God for you and the $250 I receive. Bruce, although we've never met, I've followed your work and greatly appreciate your protection of the unborn and sharing your faith. Chris, we've met on several occasions. Uh, He goes through how, and then he says, thank you, Chris, for your unselfish act and selling your physical memories for the benefit of me and so many others in the area. To me, it's a present-day example of Luke 9, 1 through 6, to go and trust God to meet the needs. Those things that are important, but not as much as sharing the gospel with words and actions. In closing, sometimes the words, thank you, feel so painfully inadequate in comparison to the kind act. This is one of those times, as I am unable to find words beyond thank you to express my raw feelings. I pray you can see between the lines and into my heart. I thank God for you and with thanksgiving for your generosity. I absolutely see between the lines, and as it was Bruce was reading that, um, I got a, a little bit emotional because of people that have um, served me over my life, and you know, I have often felt the gratitude where I know that thank you wasn't enough, not even close. It is not in this case. You're welcome, by the way, but. I know that feeling of, and that just makes me feel like, okay, we, well, we, we did make a difference with somebody, not we ourselves, but God inspired, God used us to make a difference in somebody's life. And when that happens to you as an individual, I can't think of anything more uh, confirming than the feeling you get. Do you understand well, what I'm saying? Or, I do. Uh, I was just going to say that um, there's an art to sensing God's prompting to give. And there's an art to accepting God's provision through others. And if a person who's like this gentleman who wrote so kindly and, uh, and uh, thankfully, if he had been proud and said, no, 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 I'll be fine he would have broken the chain of blessing that God intends when he prompts someone to be kind and minister to others in whatever way they can with a phone call, with a text, with a, with a check. It can be anything. It can be a, you know, phone call at the right time. There's a, there's a chain of blessings in there. The person who acts upon God's prompting feels closer to God and feels like they were in the spiritual sweet spot for that time. The person who receives the blessing, there are also people around both individuals who see that and they're lifted, strengthened, moved. So it takes a sensitivity to act upon a prompting to minister and it takes a humility to receive it and be thankful uh, for receiving it, and know that later on, instead of being on the receiving end, you may be prompted to be on the giving end. Yeah. And here's, can I make one other point on that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's our podcast, so I can do. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. Um, I was thinking about this. Do you remember how when we started doing this that how many people wanted? Well, I can give you this to do. Or I can give you that to do. And I said, no, I want you to take care of. You go yeah. out and you right do that. We did have people who wanted to know how can I give yeah. to COVID nineteen relief, which was great. And we told them go find somebody or somebody close to you that will need it and take care of it. Yeah. And because this was our thing, and I was really prompted because I preach all the time to. I'm like all you other parents out there. <clears throat> I don't say preach, but I'm always trying to pass on the life lessons. That I learned, and I heard a sermon in church one years ago. I don't even know the Catholic, Methodist, non-denominational. I, I forget what church it mm-hmm. was, but it was on sacrificial giving. It's easy to give, but it's out of your yeah, abundance. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's just, but it's when there's something meaningful that you're giving up for. Um, a greater good or somebody that's in need, the feeling of gratitude from God that you receive for doing that and knowing you're doing it for God is just 
unbelievable because I got to be honest with you, like I really struggled selling those rings. I really struggled. I struggled mightily, but I was so happy. And I think um, I hand delivered both. I was so happy to see the how cool that this person thought it was. And I know, and by just having a conversation with these people, these people also are very generous mm-hmm. with their um, abundance or, mm-hmm. you know. And so I just want to encourage people to don't be afraid to sacrificially give. And there's a big difference between giving and sacrificially giving. And I know you know because, you know, and and that's why what, one of the things that frustrates me more than anything, when I see churches in affluent areas that have trouble meeting their budget or <laughs> the priest or ministers or whatever up there begging for help, and they're very open, at least my experience has been, you're very open with your congregation or and the congregation has access to, mm-hmm. okay, here's where the money is. Do you understand what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure your church has probably experienced that at some I get, time. I get uh, a little uneasy when there's a multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars committed to a church remodeling, refreshing, uh, you know. It can be fine. It, it depends it, what it the can, motivation it, it is. It can yeah. be fine. As long as you're not cutting corners on the mission side and the giving side and the ministering Absolutely side. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Take, tra- and treating the people on your staff well, right. Well, I, I just think, like, just say a church remodel. Like, there's a church. Churches can outgrow. They can. And they yeah. and you can also need a refresh to, like, there's a thing that, you know, you want to become more welcoming. Yeah. And stuff like that. So there's, there's a place well, for you're it. You're talking just, to a guy that goes to, you know, 150-year-old Catholic yeah. churches around the country. Yeah. So I know that there's refreshing yeah. that can be done. But I, I just the whole point is God's got this, man. And sometimes you feel like you don't, but when you get an email like that or if it hurts for you and you just got to trust God that some way it's going to come back in abundance. Not looking for it to come back in abundance, but it always seems some way to work itself out, doesn't it? Has Absolutely. that been your life experience? Absolutely. Have you ever yeah. been let down? In that no, regard. I mean we we've lived I know. This in the is, last two years we've lived on that God will provide. You're you're the, my you're my yeah, motivation a, for that. We've made a commitment. Uh, we've made a commitment about something related to our kids for next year that we know is the right thing to do. We just don't know how we're going to quite pull it off, but we know <laughs> that it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So the question is not. You don't start with the question, can we pull this off? The question is, what's the right thing for our kids? And then you say to the Lord in prayer, Lord, we feel like this is you telling us this is what we need to do for our kids. And so we're trusting you that you'll help us pull it off. <laughs> that It's funny that you say that because in just with those rings and, and the COVID thing, and I God was speaking directly to me. And that's where you you're like what those yeah I you know how many of those are in the world yeah uh, right but that's when I say without hesitation and without uh, reservations I'm on it yeah. I trust it's yeah. the big trust thing yeah. and that's once you get there there's no more comforting place ever in the world to be and you know. It's in that book right there. I've had a couple experiences in my life where I believe God was very, 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 very clear. One was a a dream or a vision that was very clear about trust. Mm-hmm. And can I share the message sure, now? Because I think it's important yeah. on this. And I know we're not talking sports here, but this is more bigger to me. So you'll have to stay with me on this. It's hard for me to talk about because it's it's was such a pivotal point in my life and it changed the man that I am. So the last time I rushed Stephanie to the emergency room because I knew the doctor told me there was an incident at home 
get her to the emergency room now. And um, we're at Ohio State. She's in the emergency room. Doctor, she was sleeping, pulls me aside. And he said, look, man, marginal at best here, Chris. Um, and that's being optimistic. Yeah. Okay? And so I knew it was just a matter of time. And I, was, I wasn't shocked or floored, but my, you know, my worst fear was coming true. So I remember this. I walked past my old dormitory. I walked from the hospital through campus past my old dormitory on Park Hall which was on 11th, I believe, turned right and started heading toward downtown, but I turned right on 10th. And as I was walking, um, I was stopped in my tracks. I actually made a call to a friend of mine. I was stopped in my tracks because there was this clear, a voice but not a voice, and it, I'll never forget it. No matter what, it's going to be okay. Trust me. No matter what, it's going to be okay. Trust me. And then with this whole COVID relief thing, that you know, you know, I I, I popped that out of you on the blue, right? I mean, I just, and I popped it on my family, and and are you sure you want to do this, Dad? And they all got behind it, but mm -hmm. with all those silly videos and stuff, and uh, I, you know, for me to actually have, and we all have this, but for me to actually with 100% confidence, knew, knew in a couple times in my life, God has spoken directly to me. And I don't think everybody gets to experience that. I don't know. Maybe they do. But my ears were open, so maybe that's why I was able to hear better. Maybe yeah. he does speak to everybody, but my ears are open. And oh, I was able to Jesus hear said very often, he who has ears, let him hear. Isn't it? Isn't Meaning it? everybody's yeah. got ears, but not everybody's got ears to hear. Have you ever had an experience like that? I have. I had one, yeah. One, what, mid mid nineties, um, things were falling apart in my life, and uh, somebody that I really trusted betrayed me, and um, I was at my wit's end. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to share those details with anybody close to me because I didn't want to disappoint the people close to me. Yeah, and um, was alone in a dark room, just at the end of my rope. Didn't know mm -hmm. what to do, and I heard. I felt that I felt a voice, I yeah. guess. Is yeah, the way it's, yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah. This was fear not, for I am with thee. Oh man. That's what I heard. And that's I unbelievable, just unbelievable, man. I was just like, Yeah, but this sucks. And <laughs> oh, and he yeah. was like, Fear not, I am with thee. And I didn't get answers of how that would No. That's so be, cool. be manifested. You never told me that, no, have you? I didn't tell you that. But um, wow. Okay. Well, I shared my whole life with you, but hey, if you were, to, well, mine didn't even begin to compare to. <laughs> There's the not. Trial we're not comparing. Here. No, I mean, but that was just yes, something it did, that everybody. By the way. See, well, it did. Here's trust the thing. me, it did. Um, a lot of people. I remember Jim O'Brien telling me one time when when they went former to the former basketball final, coach former at Ohio State when they went to the Final Four. There he is on the wall. Vote Coach O'Brien, Mayor Brackettville. <laughs> You know, that was a quite an interesting story that he lost his wife, Christine, very suddenly. She'd had cancer and seemingly recovered and then went for a jog and had a heart attack and passed away quite suddenly. And he's left with two young daughters. Mm -hmm. And he leaves Boston, comes to Ohio State, has a dreadful team his first year. He inherited nothing. And the next year they go to the Final Four. And he's... On the court in Knoxville, which was painted red by Ohio State fans taking over the place. They beat St. John's, an old Big East rival of I his. remember that, yeah. And he's out there. This was back in the Falcons in the Super Bowl days when yeah. the Dirty Bird was yeah. big, the dance. Yeah. And he's out there on the floor doing the Dirty Bird, and his daughters are hugging him. And so <laughs> that Sunday, the next day, um, Bob Baptist and I got together with him in the in locker room at Ohio State, and we – the subject turned to like this arc of his life and yeah. this, you know, the low point. Now he's on the, the pinnacle of his coaching career to that point. And he said, just, he didn't really want to talk about that. And I said, you know, you understand when you get to the final four Thursday <laughs> in, in St. Petersburg, everybody's going to want to talk about that. 
because mm-hmm. that is That's quite story. a story. Yeah. It's a story of your life. And he said, I just don't understand that because a lot of people have gone through what I've gone through. I say the same thing. And it's while it is very hard to go through what Coach O'Brien went through, what Chris went through, and what you went maybe through, maybe even what I went through. It's very hard. I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. It's awful. Um, a lot of people do go through it. They do. Yeah. And I just don't know how people go through it without the presence of God. I don't. Life. I have no idea. I have that conversation often with my yeah. bride now, Carrie, and, and she's had her, like all of us, like everybody out there has had her going through something. And she's, the first thing she says is, God carried me. You know, and uh, I I just want to encourage people that if you are going through something now, just trust. I know it 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 seems like oh that's so easy to say just it, it ain't about me. It's it's not about Bruce. What Bruce says, it's not about what I say. It's our experience that we um, understand. The other thing that when I talk to people who lose their wives or, or lose their husbands or lose partners or whatever it is, I've talked to everybody, right? And I can, I here's the one thing I say. Here's the one thing I can promise you, and I'm talking, that whatever you're feeling, you're not alone. Because that was the fe- feeling that I had. I'm sure you had that. Yep. Nobody could possibly understand the depth of my pain. And if we biblically put it, to the test that was the whole reason god became man so that he lived every depth of our pain he understood every as, he, as like every as temptation we are. every yes. temptation yeah. yes and he overcame that and so you can overcome that and the verse i have today is talking about who you are who you are as a, a people i might as well share it now mm-hmm. can i mean yeah and I, I just I put on the screen the verse that we've cited very often, and that thing is like if you're looking for that strength, you do have to invite God into your life. Yeah. You can't just right. like a lot of people. I hear a lot of people say, "Ah, oh, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle." And I've made this point before, and I just can't underscore it enough. He does give you more than you can handle, so you'll need Him. Yes. So you'll cry out to him. That's, That's why things seem to spin out of control in our life is because he so prizes and treasures a relationship with you that he's calling you to him. And he uses, crafts the circumstances of your life to bring you to him. It's not that he causes bad things, but it's that he's there and he loves you so much that he wants to provide that comfort in your life. Um, Here's who you are. And this is... Uh, from Galatians 4, 7. Uh, you are no longer a slave, but a son and a daughter. And since you are a son and a daughter, God has also made you an heir. You're 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 in. Yeah. And that just being like, it could be a verse. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I read through verses. Ah, mm, 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 mm. I read this one this morning. Mm-hmm. And if you <laughs> really like, grasp the meaning... And I know what it's what it's like to be a slave to fear, be yeah. a slave to football, be a slave to anxiety. I've been a slave to all those. Yeah. I'm not. I'm an heir. Yeah, and a slave to self sufficiency. You know, I know in the early stages, and you write about that in the book uh, that you had a struggle surrendering ego and pride, my friend, gotten away, ego and pride. It's very. It's common, never gotten very, in your way. It's very common. It's very common to men. It is men. We're fixers. We're fixers, right? I know. We always get in trouble with the women we love <laughs> when we don't just listen, but offer a fix. And a lot of times, they just want to hear. Just want you, want you to listen. Yeah. And so I got it. I got it. What do you need? What, well, do, you what do you need? All right, do this. I'm going to do it now too. Now what else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so there we are. Yeah. Um, so we hope that strengthens you guys as we head toward uh, Friday podcast, which we expect today the Big Ten will meet and they'll come up with some plan. The easy plan is just, okay, Ohio State doesn't play, but so what? They're going to play in the Big yeah. Ten title game. And uh, and that should take care of it. Check mark them. Check yeah. mark through. I don't know why it wouldn't. 
that seems to me to make a ton of sense. So, what a cool, uh, cool day we had today. Actually, a cool day. I uh, sorry for taking it that way, but no, don't be sorry. I, I, you know, this podcast has been great for a number of reasons. The the forty thousand dollars, the fact that we get to share our faith, the fact we get affirming emails from people. Um, it's grown our friendship, which I thought our friendship was pretty strong and stuff, but it's grown our friendship. Yeah, so. and you're That's actually cool. you actually call me back now, which has been the biggest benefit that That's I've it. received. <laughs> now, still, you still need to drop out of conversations I'm in when you call me and take your calls priority. That's, that's uh, the next step. Not, not one time when I told you to be on call. <laughs> no, no, we never forgot that, and nor should we. <laughs> Uh, we didn't get to a lot of the sponsor ads today, but you guys know about Hemisphere and you know what they can do for you. And hopefully, you know, Willis Spangler Starling. So, uh, patronize our sponsors. They're really good people. You'll, uh, you'll be glad that you met them and, uh, you should want to patronize good people and they are all good people. So we appreciate their support. Have a great day. Uh, one last week of COVID-19 winners. So get them in. It's the podcast, gmail.com. <laughs>